The first one is having your, feel, your, your faith based on feelings. The second one is having your faith based on seeing. You've heard this phrase before, seeing is believing. Well, you understand this. That's not a definition of faith. But many people say, seeing is believing. Well, what we find ourselves here in John chapter 20 and verse 17, Jesus has risen from the grave. This is early Sunday morning. There has been a group of women that have come to the, to the tomb. Part of the women have brought, they brought spices, and what they do, they wind up talking to the angels. And these women have come and, and the angels say, Hey, listen, Jesus is risen from the dead. He is not here. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And some of these ladies go back to the upper room where the disciples are gathered up, but Mary Magdalene stays around. And this we get this event here from Mary Magdalene in John chapter 20 and verse 17. It says, Jesus said unto her. Well, let's start, let's start just a little above that. Uh... uh Uh, Look in verse number 13. Let's just start there and get the whole picture. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, because it's talking about the angels, saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Who seekest thou? She supposed him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou be, uh, have borne him, or if you have taken Jesus somewhere else, tell me where thou I can go and uh, where you've laid him, and I will go and take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but I go to my brethren, but... Go to my brethren. Which are the brethren he's talking about? The disciples. He says, Touch me not, I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I have ascended unto my Father and to your Father and to my God and your God. Verse 18 says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that He had spoken these things unto her. And they jumped up with joy and said, Praise the Lord, He's alive! To continue that incident, if you go to Luke chapter 24, don't turn there, we, I just, I'm just going to read what it says. In Luke chapter 24, verse 11, And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Here is the disciples standing there. Mary Magdalene said, I spoke with Him. I saw Him. He's alive. We don't believe a word you're saying. The women that had gone to put the spices says, we spoke with the angels. They said, he's not here, but he's alive. And he's going to come back and meet y'all in Galilee. They didn't believe a word he said. So let's skip down to verse number 19. Now understand, on that same day, Sunday afternoon, the disciples are standing in the upper room. They're hiding in this upper room because they're afraid of the Jews the very ones that had just crucified Jesus three days earlier. They're standing in this upper room. And all of a sudden, there's no longer ten of them in the upper room. Judas is not there. We know that Thomas is not there. There's ten, and maybe some of the women are still there, but they're standing in the upper room, and all of a sudden, poof! 
Jesus appears. This resurrected body of Jesus Christ has either passed through the wall, but He appeared, and I want you to know, He is not a spirit. He is flesh and bone. He even asked me, he says, you got something to eat here? I want you to know when he reached down there to grab that piece of meat, it didn't just go through that piece of, oh, I'm just, I'm a spirit, that's right, I can't. No. I want you to know he was flesh and bone. That's what the scripture tells us. Look what he says right here in John 20, verse 19. It says, then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace, Salom, peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad, watch, when they saw the Lord. When they saw the Lord, Jesus came in and said, Hey, Says they were glad. When they recognized it was really Jesus, they were, they were excited. Lord. And he says, Hey, you got something to eat? Well, yeah. And I, I mean, I believe they were looking at him like a stranger at first, and then they got to see and talk to him, and I believe they recognized it was exactly. But but what did it take? It took them seeing first. I want, I want you to know we've got so many people in the world today that. The only way that they're going to believe and serve the Lord is if something supernatural happens in their life. I've got to see it to believe it. You show me this, or you show me that, or you let this happen. Or God, just let a falling star come from the sky and I will know that you are real. Yeah, I knew He wouldn't do it. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians. Now this is Paul speaking, alright? For the Jews require a sign. And the Greeks... Seek after wisdom. But we preach, listen, that's us, we preach Jesus crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. You know what they say? I'll tell you what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, and it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, and that's faith, that God has raised Him from the dead, you can be saved. And they say, show me. What did the Jews say to Jesus every time He showed up in town? Show us a sign to prove to us that you are who you say you are. Show us a sign. Folks, God's not going to show you a sign to prove that He is real. He has called for you to believe in Him by faith. By faith. He has called for you to believe in Him. I remember Tony, he was, I don't know, about 10 or 11 years old. And he was, he, he was a good ball player, and he was in this little league uh, turn all-star tournament. And man, he would get up there, and I mean, he could hit the ball. Would he hit a slump? He'd get up there, and I mean, he would step into that ball. I mean, he would step and swing that bat. And it got to where every time he got up to bat, he hit a pop-up in the infield. Seemed like every time, I mean, five or six times in a row. That ball wouldn't go past second base. It was straight up, and it was high. And I told him, I said, son, listen to me. He was fixing to go up to bat. And I said, son, if you will do what I say, this is something he's never practiced. 
He's never seen me doing it anywhere else. I said, son, if you will listen to what I tell you to do, you can hit the ball out of the infield. And he is up there, and he's used to stepping real far. What it was doing, that ball was hitting the top of his back going straight up. I said, son, instead of stepping into the ball, I said, pick your foot straight up and set it straight down and hit the ball. I said, do not step into the pitch like you've always done. Do not step into the pitch. This is something he ain't never done before. No coach has ever told him this before, but Daddy told him. I wonder if Daddy knows what he's talking about. I ought to do just what, I, what I've done all my life and step into it just like my coaches have taught me. And he listened to Daddy and he hit the ball over the fence. He stepped out by faith. He had never practiced it. He would never been told that. I was talking to another gentleman the other day talking about his son. And this batter just kept trying to get a bunt. Trying to get a bunt. His son was up there pitching. He told him, he said, son... Throw a high ball. Throw a high ball. Just do what I tell you to. I know you've never done this before. Throw it high. That boy didn't know what his daddy was telling him. He said, huh, I think I'll listen to daddy. He threw the high, the ball high, and the boy turned around and squared a bunt. What happens when you try to hit a ball, that, a bunt a ball that's high? It went straight up. Pitcher caught it. He was out. He done it solely on faith. He didn't read a book about it. He didn't consult other coaches. He just simply acted on what God told him to do. Faith, if you want to increase your faith, you read the Word of God and you do what the Word of God, whether it makes any sense to you or not. That's what you do. That's living by faith. That's walking by faith. It may not make a lick of sense to you, but if you will just do what the Bible and the Scripture tells us to do, you'll find that it's going to further you in everything that you do. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And this is what I'm telling you. The Bible, the Scripture bears out to you. God, if you're a born-again believer, raise your hand if you're a born-again believer here this morning. If you're a born-again believer here this morning, God has blessed you. And you know what He's waiting on you to do? He's waiting for you to step out in faith to do faith and do exactly what He says do. I was explaining to this to somebody the other day. I said, He's up there with bushel baskets full of blessings, and He's waiting for you to go, Okay, son, pick your foot straight up and put it straight down. Okay, Dad. Woo, there's a blessing. All right, now, listen, I want you to go to school, and I want you to quit running around with that bunch I told you not to run around with. But I won't find any friends. Do what I said. Okay. Boom. Blessing for My good God's just waiting for you to get in step. He has already blessed you past tense. He's waiting for us to live in faith. He's waiting for us to walk in faith. Quit doing what we think. Quit looking and making our decisions on what our eyes are telling us and do by faith what He tells us to do. Oh, I could just get on a rant right here. Hey, listen. Don't not serve God because of something that happened to you in the past. Don't stop serving God because what something... Well, I, I did this and this didn't work out too good for me. Well, I tell you what, if God said do it, then you go try it again. You keep doing it. God's going to be true to His promise. The 
The Jews always required a sign. And uh, one of the things that we, we noticed, you know, the first time the, the Jewish people or the Israelites, the first time that they went into the promised land, well, they didn't go into the promised land when God told them to. The second time, after, after all of the men, 20 years old and older, had died, and then God takes Joshua and says, okay, now it's time for you to lead the people into the promised land. You know what God made them do the second time? He says, okay, you get the Ark of the Covenant, you get the priest, and He said, listen, I'm not doing it for you this time. I want to show you that I am faithful to my word. You step into the water in the Jordan River. And as you step by faith, I will then part the river for you. I'm telling you, all through the Word of God, if, we'll, if we will use the Word of God as an example, they would take a step into the water, shh, the water would part. Take a step into the water, shh, the water would part. They had to get their feet wet. So many of us don't want to get our feet wet because we want to be people who, if I can see it, I will believe it. God's faith doesn't work that way. That's not. He says, you step out by faith and I'm going to bless you. You step out by faith. That's what faith is. Alright, let's look at the third example real quick. The third example, John chapter 20. I hope you're still there. John chapter 20. <coughs> John chapter 20, verse 24 says this. Now I told you the first time that Jesus came into the upper room that not all of them were there. Thomas wasn't there. It says, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. I don't care what y'all saw. You're going to have to prove it to me. If I can't walk up there and put... This might have been an impossible. If I don't walk up there and put my hand in his side and put my hand in his hands, I'm telling you, I'm not going to believe. And I want you to know, that I appreciate Jesus doing this. He waited eight days. For eight days, doubting Thomas was doubting whether Jesus was still alive or not. And they kept trying to convince him. I'm try- I keep trying to convince people in here that have never accepted Jesus. Listen, one day if you don't accept Jesus as your personal Savior and allow Him to shed the blood on your sin for forgiveness, you're going to go and die and go to hell. I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. Amen. I'm telling you, one day you're going to go, man, I wish I'd have listened to Him. I'm sure Thomas is now going... Man, I wish I'd listened to them. Because Jesus proved Himself to him. But I want you to know Jesus doesn't have to prove Himself. You can't please God unless you have faith. It's impossible to please Him without faith. Verse 26, And after eight days again His disciples were within, and Thomas went with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Shalom, peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Hey Thomas, reach here with thy fingers, behold my hands. Reach here with your hand, thrust it in my side, and be not faithless, but believe. What do you, do you think Thomas felt? Alright. Or do you think he was a little belittled at that moment? Oh my goodness. 
And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Who is he just talking to? I want you to know I ain't never seen Jesus. I ain't never touched his nail-scarred hands. But I want you to know he is as real today as he was that day. And I believe it with everything that exists in me. Not because anybody had to prove it. Not because anybody I had to see it. Not because I feel it. But because I have faith in the Word of God. That is why. I don't know why Thomas had to, had to be proven to, my goodness gracious. He had done seen Jesus raise the dead, heal the blind, make the, uh, the lame to walk. Uh, I'm reminded of Mark chapter 38 and verse 41. That's when, when they were in the boat and the seas were raging. The boat was getting full of water. And, and Jesus, they said, man, Jesus, don't you care? And this was Jesus' response. And He rose and He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And this is what He said unto them. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What happens to our faith when storms come? We get a little frightened, don't we? The opposite of faith is fear. Spent about six hours yesterday with Bonnie and John and some of their family. And I want you to know, I saw the example of what true faith really is. Because I want you to know, I've never stood beside a loved one and without, without seeing or... or I, I just A loved one that's taking their last breaths and you're encouraging them to... To go to be with the Lord. I, I, I want you to know as I looked at John and I looked at Jessica as they stood beside their, their, his wife's side and his mother's side, I want you to know there was peace because of their faith. Faith brought to them peace. Faith brought to them joy. Faith brought to them comfort. Nothing else would ha- have substituted at that time except faith when we come to situations like that and we see storms and things raging, understand, the first thing that will come to our mind is fear. But you tell, that's when you stand on faith. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us this. It says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, which is the opposite of faith. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but He's given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's what He's given us. We are justified by faith. We have access by faith. We can stand by faith. We can walk by faith. We can live by faith. And we are saved by faith. For for by the grace of God we are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So let me ask the question this morning, what is your faith based on? Is it based on feelings? Is it based on seeing? Is it based on proving? If any of those are what you base your faith on, you have no faith. Faith is believing without feelings. Faith is believing without seeing. And faith is believing without proof. 
But now, I don't, I don't have any time at all left. But I want you to know, if you want to see proof, it's all through the Word of God. The only truth in the world today is found written in the Word of God. I'm praying this morning that we will stop living in the world and the ways of the world and we will start living by faith. The way you can walk a stronger life of faith is by knowing what's in the Word of God and doing what's in the Word of God. Let's pray together. Father, this morning we've opened up Your Word and You all through the Scripture. You show us and give us examples of what true faith really is. That faith is real. And God, You've given us an opportunity to have faith and put our faith and live our faith every single day of this life that it only comes through You. God, I know that we have made many decisions in our life that have set us off track. God, this morning I'm praying right now that we will in turn turn our life back towards you and begin living a life of faith in who you say you are. Thank you for the opportunity this morning. Be with us here in this invitation. I pray that you'll be pleased with every decision that is made. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together.